Hello everyone, this is David here at Insightful Devotion, and I'm so glad that you were able to tune in and hear some encouraging words the Lord has given me to share with you all. Today, we will be discussing how to handle the disappointments that come in life. But before we go any further, let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for being the amazing God that you are, a God that loves us even when we don't love ourselves, a God that keeps us and gives us hope in a dark world. And God, we ask that you would have your way on today and teach us to become obedient to the way you instruct us to live our lives for you and all that we do, even in the good and the bad, the highs and life's deepest lows, that no matter what may get thrown at us, we will be able to stand firm in our faith for Jesus Christ and have a hope knowing that we are children of the Most High God and that knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. As it says in your word in Romans chapter 8 verse 37, in Jesus' mighty name we pray and we say thank you. Amen. When you've been around long enough in this life, it doesn't take as long to dwell on the many disappointments it has given us. Disappointment is the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. When looking in the Bible, in the book of John chapter 5, verse 1 through 7, New King James Version, we notice that there is a man who has been disappointed for 38 years. The text says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Let's take a deeper look at the text, because there is so much detail and insight I don't want us to miss. You notice in verse 6 of the text, it says, Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. And that text right there is the same for us. Whatever that condition may be, whether it is depression, lustfulness, turning away from the natural desires that God has placed in his people, having the condition of hatred, jealousy, envy, debauchery, idolatry, a spirit of wickedness, confusion, all acts that are not of Jesus Christ. God knows our condition, and it said in the text that he knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. I don't know about y'all, but having to live in a condition like that for 38 years can be tiresome. And the same is true for us. Ask yourself, how long have you been dealing with your condition? Because we all know the answer to that and can be reminded daily from simple things that occur through our day. Well, I hear the voice of God, loud, bold, and clear, 
asking everyone the question that he asked the man at the pool of Bethesda. He said to him, Do you want to be made well? Not too long ago, I was reading a book entitled You Are Next by Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. Pastor Rodriguez is anointed and delivers the message of Jesus Christ in a profound way. I definitely would recommend that if you get the chance to read his latest book, You Are Next, please do so. It will truly bless your soul and give you the courage and strength to keep on keeping on. I mentioned the book Pastor Samuel Rodriguez wrote because he discusses the issue in regards to the man at the Pool of Bethesda and mentions the following, that our response will determine whether light will overcome darkness in our generation. So who are we? With clarity, conviction, and courage, we must give the following response. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. We are the people of the word. We are the salt and light. We are prophetic and not pathetic. We are disciples, witnesses, and Christ followers. We are evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We are children of the cross, fruit of the empty tomb, and a product of the upper room. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are forgiven, free, and favored. We are called and chosen. We are warriors and worshipers. We are the righteousness of God. We are world changers and history makers. The point that Pastor Samuel Rodriguez was trying to make is that once we realize who we are in Christ Jesus and understand our identity in him, we can answer the question that Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda. Do you want to be made well? I like that question. It is straightforward. It's either a yes or a no. Just because we may not understand how God is going to do something doesn't mean we should shrug it off until next time. No, the time is now. Why keep tormenting yourselves with the past conditions that have occurred in your life? Yes, it hurts. Yes, they did you wrong. Yes, you should not have did or said those things. But continuing on in your current sorrowful conditions, it will lead you to a place of condemnation which is the expression of very strong disapproval censure. But by saying yes to Jesus Christ, he will lead you to a place of peace and liberation. For the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 11, KJV, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son, and the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. 
so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. And I just love that part. The last part in Romans chapter 8 verse 11, which says, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Including the man at the pool of Bethesda, as well as you and me. But that's some shouting news for me. Hallelujah! For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So just because your circumstances and or your condition and the natural may not look like they have changed, don't believe the lies of the enemy because he is the father of lies. Meaning that when you hear his voice, everything and anything he says now and forevermore, it is a lie. For the children of God walk by faith, not by sight. Going back to the text, we begin to see the man at the pool of Bethesda, he starts making excuses, which is similar to what I recently stated on how we all have done in some point or another in our lives. In verse 7 it says, The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. But let me tell you how good of a God we serve. Yes, we are the hands and feet of Jesus and are to not only just pray for those in need, but we are to help them as well with their physical needs because the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 16, NLT, and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So I understand how in some instances, God will use resources such as people to help those in need. But then there are times when God decides to shake things up, who is the source, and do things that will allow us to see that only Jesus Christ himself could have done this. I love how God just interrupted the man and said these powerful words that still deliver healing power to this day for those who call out to the Father in need. In the text, verse 8, Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. That's amazing to me. A guy who was paralyzed by hearing the word of God got up and walked. I'm trying not to shout right now, but God is a good God and I can't help but get happy and have hope knowing that God who's seen us in our condition for a long time will say enough is enough. Deliverance is here and God will command us to rise, take up your bed and walk and immediately we will be made well. Now, when we look further in the text, 
we see that some people didn't like that the man at the pool of Bethesda was free and healed of his condition he had for 38 years. Some people, you know, even your friends, family members, and or co-workers may not like the fact that you are free from your condition. Here's the response of the ones who didn't like what had occurred. John chapter 5 verse 12 through 17 NKJV. Then they asked him, who was the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. God is doing a new thing in each and every one of us, and we must be obedient and receive what is rightfully ours in Jesus Christ. Whether that may be a healing for you, in need of hope, trust, whatever it may be, we have access to Jesus, knowing that he will help those that seek to do his will and he will tell us to rise, take up your bed, and walk. So it doesn't matter what the naysayers or haters say. Even when they try to throw your past in your face, God has graciously allowed us to get up, rise, and take up your bed and walk. And the reason why he has us to take up your bed and walk is so that we will continue to rise and walk in the path God has for us. And even though the bed we used to lay on we now carry, it is a reminder of how God, who saw us in our condition, had so much compassion for us that he delivered us so that we don't have to return to the pool of Bethesda, where we used to lay in pity with our condition. For that was our former way of living, but not anymore. We will do as Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21, NLT says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you see us where we are. Lord, we are not perfect and make mistakes even on our best days. 
Lord, we ask that you would humble us and let us submit to your will and become obedient. I ask that you would cause what you've placed deep on the inside of us to rise, take up our bed and walk. Lord, we know that your word says that you are close to the brokenhearted. And we are here before you crying out for you to help us and change us to become more like you each and every day of our lives. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Before we end this podcast, I would like to extend everyone an invitation that may not know Jesus to accept him as their Lord and Savior. And for those that may know Jesus and have backslided and need to rededicate their lives to Jesus Christ. It says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 through 10, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is the best decision you will ever make. Just say, Jesus, I've sinned, and I realize that you died for me so that I can have life in you more abundantly. I believe in my heart and confess it with my mouth that you raised from the dead with all power in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe God has heard your prayer and has forgiven you from all of your sins. So continue to do your part by devoting yourselves in prayer, being watchful and thankful as it says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, and get in a Bible-based church that desires to worship God in spirit and truth, and in doing so, you will see the scripture, John chapter 15, verse 4, come to pass. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Insightful devotion memory verse this week to meditate on comes from Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, NLT. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So until next time on Insightful Devotion, if you're in need of prayer and would like us to pray for you, if you have a praise report and would like to share it with us, or even if you have a question, be sure to contact us at insightfuldevotion at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to receive encouraging and inspirational messages to help you in your walk with Jesus Christ throughout the day, get connected with us on Instagram at insightful underscore devotion and Twitter at insightfuldevo1. So I pray God's best for you and your loved ones and the plans he has laid out before you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Amen.